What's up, everybody, and welcome to the club. This is our third ever episode. And we have a special guest today, Profila Privacy. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Glad to be here. How are you doing, Profila in the house. Profila, Profila. Profila. Make sure I get that right. Yeah, no problem, no problem. How are you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. How, how's your evening going? Glad that it's here. I got. I like the time that it's like right at this time on a Saturday. It's just like oof, best moment of the week. That's perfect for you, right? You're on the you're on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm right here in uh, Southern California, so it's uh, six o'clock right now. Just like just done with the week, you know. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. Then I'm glad that I'm glad that it fits right in your schedule. Yeah. Thank Thank you for having us on. Glad to talk about the project and have the chance to. So looking forward to it. No, of course. I'm super excited. Um, if anybody that's listening right now and uh, you weren't able to make it to the live Twitter broadcast, we are all we're on all platforms on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. All links will be in the bio. Um, but yeah, Adrian, I, I kind of wanted to get um, maybe get a little bit of an intro from you about what profile is all about and and just give everybody that's listening, you know, the int- you know, a, a nice little introduction. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely give you a, give us a little quick rundown. I'm just going to share this in a tweet real fast if anyone wants to as well. That's definitely appreciated. Um, so, w- Profila, we've beginning in 2017, Profila has been working on giving users full ownership over their personal data, control over brand content they see, and compensation for sharing data and detention. Our solution consists of four different work streams. The first is a privacy ledger plus an AI lawyer. The second is NFTs for customer feedback slash content. And the third is a digital ID with control of your data, uh, of your data, uh, sorry, control of your data via Prism, Atala Prism. The fourth is the gamification of self-assessment quizzes. Um, this, the last one, the gamification of self-assessment quizzes may sound boring, but honestly, it's one of my most interested personally. Anyways, there's a lot that goes on into each segment, but I'll just briefly describe each here. So first, the privacy ledger provides a simple way of exercising data requests between users and any entity they provide data to. All these requests are logged on the blockchain via smart contracts. And if legal reference is ever needed, it can be accessed there. In addition to this legal tool, we also provide an AI lawyer that has been analyzing millions of privacy policies. We see them all the time. This AI lawyer takes it, analyzes them, and then can in turn provide a simple and easy way to understand any privacy policy that we ever come across. In addition to this, we've also... um, have a fund in Catalyst that is to adopt the same practice, the same AI um, approach of solving very complicated legal uh, legal text and adapting it to the Cardano-specific related legal policies. So that's also another way that we're looking to adapt that. Now, like I said, that's just the first workflow. The second is the customer feedback and content through NFTs. Uh, this is a way of minting user interactions with brands, say photo, text, videos, if so, for example, if a user takes a picture of themselves in a T-shirt they just bought, they can mint it as an NFT, making it possible for a brand to rent or buy that user's NFT to use in marketing or however they'd like to use it. This is capitalizing on UGC or user-generated content, and it really 
boils down to um, making it fair and easy for both the brands and users. That's the second. Our third workflow is the digital ID security. And it's important in ensuring that the correct parties are sharing and receiving data and also being paid and being paid or paying for data subscription. Uh, Atala Prism is perfect for doing this and making digital identity secure yet still private. Uh, For example, 40 impressions uh, from paid ads are known to be from bot accounts on modern media sites. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, there's 40% of the ads, um, 40% of all the people that see ads are actually bots. So digital ID with Atala and ensuring that the users are real users is going to be a huge, um, huge impact to marketing in general. Now, the last one is our application of the gamified self-discovery assessment. Um, This will be a way of answering questions to build more information about your interests. A marker of experience will tally a user's building of their digital profile across different areas of interest. The more experience a user has in a certain topic, the more valuable they become to brands as a result. Important to note is that no data is ever sold. You hold ultimate control, meaning you can build the most in-depth profiler and never share it with absolutely anyone unless you choose to. Now, um, these are the work, the four work streams that we're um, summarizing it with, and we're setting the foundation for not only users to take con- full control of their data and make full use of it, but also giving brands an easy way to stay digitally compliant and still receive better insights than they're receiving right now with the way that things are. Um, The reason that insight from our model is different from other competitors is that it is solely based on active data collection. Passive data collection revolves around passive tracking via cookies, browser history, IP address, etc. Actively building a digital footprint is different in that users control exactly what is used to build it. They get to choose what information goes into it, and we are incentivizing them to keep up to date with it, something the current data collection methods lack. So moving on to summarize, uh, or I'll take a, I digress. An important to mention fact is that other main differences from competitors that require the specific use of their platform to gain privacy. So with Profila, users will eventually be able to use any browser, application, or device while still retaining control of data, as opposed to having to use a specific browser or use a specific specific device. So having this approach allows for expansion to other data tracking devices, like fitness trackers, for example, thinking MyZone, Fitbit, Apple Watch. All these devices are already tracking our data and storing it we would be able to give you access or control over it because that's definitely a big aspect of the future with geo or um, face scanning and certain things. So um, in the future, we also plan to incentivize participating in a peer-to-peer network in order to also mask IP addresses whenever you're using Profila on any device. So in summary, Profila is able to give you the tools needed to have full control over your digital footprint actively build your digital profile and leverage it to be both compensated and a bridge to better relationships with the brands you care about. Yeah, man, that, that, that sounds super interesting. It's definitely a lot to unpack and we're going to go through you know all the specifics throughout the entire podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But I kind of want to, I know that you're here, you know, representing Profila, but I, I kind of want to get to know a little bit about you, Adrian, the person. So if you can, 
you know, tell me like, you know, what was your journey in crypto and Cardano? And like, how did you end up, you know, like where you are now? Yeah, sure. Well, it's definitely been a journey. I myself have been in marketing for about six years now and then crypto specifically for about three years prior. So um, myself finding crypto, I didn't initially know much about Cardano in particular. And so when I joined the Profila team and they were already um, getting into it from Project Catalyst, it gave me a, A, an incentive to get into it. But B, once I started getting into it, there was just so much motivation and inspiration from Cardano compared to the other uh, blockchains. So after finding that, I was just full-fledged into it. Like I'm just so behind everything about about a lot of what Cardano stands for. So that's been my huge um, inspiration myself. Like I said, I do come from a marketing background. So Profila was like an amazing fit for me personally. Wait, so how, how did you end up getting the opportunity to, you know, to find out about Profila and get, you know, and get on board with the team? Actually, this uh, podcast called Market Meditations by, uh, I forgot the host's name right now, but uh, he had recommended on one of them, um, a certain site for looking into crypto jobs and so just went on it went ahead and you know went through the whole interview process with a couple different companies and Profila was one that a stood out to me the most because like i said my marketing background and what they were uh standing for themselves uh or we're standing for ourselves digital privacy and really taking ownership of um data and your digital footprint it's always been something that i myself have also been aligned with i'm sure many of us as well no, yeah, I definitely got you. And do you feel like that was kind of like your, your like, interest toward like was that like the deciding factor where you were like, man, I can definitely get behind this message. On uh, you know, this is something that I really believe in. Did that play a factor into like you taking the job? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because I even remember back when I was um, when I got hired, I actually I also had the uh, the. Um, opportunity to work for another crypto company that was more um, more casino based, more uh, of that area. It was also tied uh-huh. in with the metaverse. But um, looking into it, I just it, whether it's like casino based crypto or you know utility based data privacy, it was definitely what made me decide to go with Profile as opposed to other pro- the other project. Okay, okay, I got you. So. So now that you've been, how long have you been with Profila now? Uh, about eight months, about, about eight, nine. Okay, okay. So now, so you've been there for eight months, right? You've been there for eight months. Mm-hmm. And now with all the experience that you have so far, like what do you, what do you see like the end goal for Profila? Like what, what do you like see on the horizon where you're like, oh, if we can get to this spot, I think that, you know, it's, it's been a success. It's been a success. Um. There's a lot of different milestones that I would like to point out along the way, but one that I think is very far out, not very, like ultimate, like this is like we accomplished everything we, we wanted to, is you will sign on to Facebook with Profila, and as you're scrolling through your Facebook feed, the only ads you see as you're scrolling through are ads that have subscribed to your Profila that you chose to see as you scroll through. Now, this would take, because why would Facebook do that, right? It's not in their best interest to 
implement our technology, we would provide such a better ad tech experience to both brands and users that they wouldn't have the ability to not use ours. Why? Why wouldn't they be able to? Click rates, right? That's what they want. They want people to go from their site to the product and buy. If we provide a better ad experience, a better click-through rate, then it's in their best interest to implement our technology. So that's um, what success would look like for me. No, definitely. Click-through rate is, is super important on all social media, especially like on YouTube. Um, when you're on YouTube, like the way that YouTube promotes your videos is based on how much people click on it. You know, so it's like, it's super important. I feel like that definitely gives you guys the edge on whether like it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Because like, like you said, right now, Facebook, they're kind of like have their own thing going on. But if, if they could figure out how to onboard you guys and, you know, guarantee that you're get, that every single user is getting something they're actually interested in, that's definitely going to like be super beneficial. Yeah, I definitely agree. And where I find it most interesting is how, like, for example, right now, when you see all these different impressions, the amount of engagement that you normally see in any given post is only normally about like 5%, like very low percentages. And it makes you wonder how good is this data, right? How good is cookie history? How good is the last site that you visited? And honestly, it comes down to not being worth very much. Because when in marketing, like you learn there's certain buying signals in someone's life that during these certain points, when they're, when someone is going through um, this point in their life, they're more likely to switch brands or decide on which brand that they're going to choose to go with for probably the rest of their life. For example, um, what comes to mind is uh, cake icing, for example. Um, there's only certain points in your life that you're going to consider changing the brand of icing that you always go to. And it's normally, um, I believe, weddings and birthdays are the only ones off the top of my head. And if you can... Um, go ahead. I said that makes sense. Like, yeah, you only care about the cake when it's like some special event in your life. Yeah. And if you can tell Profila, hey, I'm having a wedding in six months, go ahead and give me all the ads that I want to see. Um, give me them four months out. And then after those four months, um, never again after that, revoke all my data from everyone that had data to um, access to it. And then at that point, when you send that buying signal, all those companies, okay, now it's time. I know that if I give an ad at this moment, then the likelihood of them purchasing it now and continuously is going to increase. So that's the whole premise of it. No, yeah, definitely. I feel like, I feel like your, your guys' main selling point is definitely efficiency, like that, that's something that I'm taking away from everything that you're telling me is like, this is something that's more efficient. This is something that is going to be beneficial, not only to the consumer, but to the businesses that are looking to be, um, you know, getting customers and stuff like that. If, if they're, if they're able to get away to directly target everybody that already wants to buy the kind of product they're selling, I feel like it's definitely going to be like, you know, a, a big hit with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, another thing that I think is, um, specific to note is that initially we're going to be going from, we're using a B2B to C market 
approach. So we're not initially going as an acquisition play. So Facebook ads, for example, we, I compare my, we compare ourselves to them, but Facebook ads is more of an acquisition. People, uh, brands go there in order to acquire new customers. Now we are beginning with the B to B to C approach, meaning that we're going to brands and telling them, go tell all your loyal customers, hey, interact with me here and have a better relationship with me as a brand. And then from those users who they onboard, those users are then the ones who will initially test profile. So we are reaching out to the brands who will then reach out to their users. And then we're providing a way to retain them, to nurture that relationship, to respect their privacy and prove that if you... Um, approach users and ask for their data on their terms, they will not only give you more insightful data, they will continue to give you updating data and um, as a result, be able to have more insightful approaches to how you communicate with your, with your clientele, with your community. I got you. I got you. No, and, and I guess I, I have this question too, especially with the kind of, company that it is and what you guys are trying to provide what what made you guys pick cardano because i think about the concept that you guys you know that, that you're telling me about and i'm thinking like well this could be you know theoretically could be applied to just a regular a web two, you know so like what 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 made profiler choose cardano to be you know an aspect of their project yeah you're completely right and we did initially um like i said begin in 2017 without any um indication that we would lean into blockchain technology. And so why Cardano comes down to a couple different things. Um, the first and one of the most technical is microtransactions. So for example, we deal with a lot of microtransactions as small bits of data normally do. And if we were to transfer those on Ethereum, for example, the gas fee would just immediately make that absolutely impossible. So that was yeah. on a technical perspective one of the reasons why. Now, um, on a more broad note, Cardano's goals, like I said, the global society that is secure, transparent, and fair, that really aligns with our mission and making it a really great fit as to help, um, as to help us decentralize in the process. So we also share that goal of wanting to give the ownership and the control of data to the users. Right now, we're storing data on... Um, a cloud service. So right now we're not actually decentralized. And, but in the future with Cardano through Project Catalyst, we're hoping to decentralize feature by feature, eventually getting to the uh, point where you can just have your whole digital footprint just on a, um, on a regular wallet, a hardware wallet, if you wanted to. So that's kind of like where we're leaning. So it's like, it's, it's like a, a gradual approach. Mm -hmm. Eventually, getting to a point where you can utilize Cardano to the fullest extent. Exactly, and Prism. Honestly, that plays also into the um, the idea of uh, implementing Atala Prism. We've been funded in a couple already to implement it into our uh, solution, and we're already working and putting out um, certain uh, uh, models of how it's going to work in the actual solutions. So, where this is really interesting is, like I said, like. These companies are spending all this money on ads right now when 40% of all of that is just coming across bot accounts. And so if, Crazy. 
Yeah, like that is absolutely wild. And if we can use digital identity to、um, a secure secure the fact that anyone who comes by your content is a real person, and then also securing、um, the fact that we're paying out the right people and the right person has rights over the right person's data. So it's、um, yeah, it's、uh, used for many different reasons in our solution. No, I, I definitely get you, and I feel like you guys are taking the best parts of it, which is good. Because I mean, I, I feel like the biggest question when people think about Web three and, and blockchain is how can we implement it into the Web two, right? Yeah. To really get mainstream and accessible to everybody, and I feel like the approach that you guys are taking, it, I feel like it has to be the most efficient because you're not rushing into it, but you're figuring out, you're figuring out ways to become more efficient using that technology instead of just. Branding yourself as oh we're a Web three company when that's you know you don't necessarily have to identify as that you could be your regular Web two company but just have aspects of blockchain into your business to really make it more efficient and at the end of the day more profitable especially if you're able to you know make the transactions and and sales go more smoothly yeah hundred percent a hundred percent and that's really the approach that we're taking right. Like we, with the current model of、uh, marketing, it's very hard to get in there and change everything, which is what we're seeing, right? We're seeing a lot of legal acts, a lot of legal attempts to change the way that things work, but with no real result. We've had the GDPR, and it's just resulted in an opt-out approach rather than an opt-in approach. And so our Our, what is, what, what, what does that mean? Opt out approach and opt in approach. Sure. Like when you go on any site right now, you're、um, automatically opted into sharing your data. You have to tell it, "No,、oh, I don't、God. want to." An opt in approach would be, "I can go wherever I want, and unless I give you my data, you'll never have access to it." Wow. I didn't. I didn't even know. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But they don't even. They, I, I don't. I don't really feel like, unless I guess when you when you, is it when you click accepting cookies, does that mean you're allowing them to to take your data or like? Yeah, most of the time, if they have anything like that, some sites will have. If you use our sites, you're automatically accepted into our um into our uh data collecting process. Or for example, this is not just sites. This is um also when you swipe your card at the、um, grocery store. You go and swipe your card. Your information. Your where you're at, your、um, anything that they have associated with that card number is going to automatically be shared, not just with Walmart, but every every partner of Walmart. It's in their privacy policies, and it's just it's like I said, you're already opted in. You have to choose to opt out. And these legal methods, you they've created these legal tools that we can already use, but using them is so difficult for the average person that it's really not、um, not possible. So, what what I'm getting to? Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you. I don't think I remember ever like going to like a, a like a store or a site or something or like buying something and and being asked like, oh, do you want to share data? It's just、yeah. like this. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, the, the Walmart <laughs> talking about like that's crazy. How wow, like that that's that's millions and millions、mm-hmm. of people. Like so so. Where where does all the personal data get stored? Like, 
like where do they keep everybody's data that's like that are using their cards and buying online and I'm, I'm assuming it's the same when you like go on amazon and stuff right yeah well just like us they use cloud services so they'll link their um inputs into these cloud services and it'll all get sent there so they can uh, rummage through it and use it however they want to but the thing is you as an individual can still send them an email or a letter saying me as this person i'm revoking my data go ahead and delete all of it and they have to and that's something that we're also providing is a tool to easily do that so that's um one way oh, that, that we're approaching that's super valuable uh-huh. because like think like think about it the the, the percentage of people that are actually going to go out of their way to say hey you, you're not allowed to use my data is, is like literally less than one percent yeah like, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. I, I I'm like, <laughs> I know I'm asking a lot of questions, Dude, but like, yeah. I didn't even know any of this was a thing. I know, I know. Like, it's something that's so wrapped into everyone's life, but no, at the same time, no one really like realizes it. So, yeah, that's like that's another um, problem with it. It's like, how can you change a problem that people don't even know exists? And so, what we're doing is just providing the right solution, providing what we think the ad tech industry should be like and showing that if you do it this way, you'll get better results. And so just providing a working solution next to the broken solution, we're saying that it should be a no-brainer at that point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I got you. I, I, I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff that you're telling me and you're really putting me on a lot of game because I didn't know a lot of it. But like, I know that you've only been at the company for eight months, but if you have this info, like what was the initial inspiration behind starting it? Like what I I know, like, I don't know how many founders like were in their original team, but like, what was like that catalyst to be like, no, we have to do something about this and, and, you know, figured it out. Yeah, that largely goes, we have three founders, the first being Sean, the second and third being Luke and Mikhail and Sean, the initial, idea maker for all of this i'm sorry i'm just bringing up the information don't worry guys if you are listening there's a giveaway going on um it's the end week on top of the Please participate in the live stream of today's podcast. So if you guys want to go ahead for that, free. Yeah, that's fun. Definitely you got want, it. Definitely want yeah. Definitely want that NFT though, if anyone wants that. <laughs> um Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Sean, he had initially started in 2015 looking for a solution to the whole data um, trust issue. And when Mikhail had joined the equation CERN actually in, uh, in Switzerland, Lucerne had been researching uh, into zero knowledge proofs and just ideating on that for the first time. And so with that, um, a zero knowledge proof is a way of identifying information without actually having to know that information. And although that's not um, the ability to do that hasn't necessarily yet been um, created, the idea for it is what where the implementation of a lot of this comes from. So just the idea that eventually we'll be able to do that and implement that to help us do even more with um, this concept. So that was a big catalyst for what uh, pushed this even further. 
so yeah, uh, like Sean had Sean, Luke, and Mikhail have been working towards this for like seven plus years, seven nine plus years. Wow. No, I, I was uh, doing a little bit of research of you know the history and 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 what you guys had going on and everything that's on your website, and I saw that it that it was written that you had four years of scientific research. So, like, the first question I have is, like, what kind of research was that? Like, what kind of research went into building this product? Like, because when you think of scientific, you think of, like, experiments and chemicals and stuff. So, like, what, what kind of stuff was, you know, you know, focused on? Yeah, yeah. It was mainly two different categories. One was done with the University of Lucerne, and the other was done with the University of Madrid. And I want to make sure I... I was, uh, here we go. Yeah. So the University of Madrid, we, is where we were doing the zero knowledge proof research. So we have a um, research paper that you can see on our website and it will show exactly how zero knowledge proofs can provide a zero knowledge environment for ads to work within. So it gives a working uh, process of how this all works, which you can refer back to. Um, We're also partnered with the University of Lucerne. And the University of Lucerne is where we're doing a lot of the AI lawyer work. And like I said, we're initially working to um, analyze privacy policies and eventually provide that easy solution. And then in the future, provide it to Cardano specific legality. And another, go ahead, go ahead. I have a very interesting bit. This one's super juicy, but go ahead. I, I want to talk about a little bit about the AI lawyer thing. I've yes. Never, well, you were about to get into that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. I mean, you, you might answer my no, question. Do you have any questions? Go ahead. I want to make no, sure. I, I, just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to ask more about it and just learn more about it because that's something that's like super interesting where I'm just like, wow, an AI lawyer. I've never even... I, I mean, I guess when you think of blockchain, what I think about is like, being able to do business with, with smart contracts, but never an AI lawyer. Like, so that's just like super interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. It may, it may sound a little bit crazier than it is, but it is still amazing. I I could, I have to put that out there. Um, So what it is, is taking in all these different privacy policies. And so what you'll be able to do is go to any site, right? Before you sign up for it, it'll give you its privacy policy. You, Ask Profila, this AI lawyer, what is this actually saying? What am I actually giving that up? And then it will tell you, okay, in simple terms, you're doing this, this, and this. And then you can make a decision. Now, where this evolves is to Cardano specific legality. With blockchain in particular, the legality regarding it is very, very interesting, very changing, and always evolving, right? So what we would be able to do is that same thing for Cardano specific legality. So any builder in our ecosystem can then refer back to this AI lawyer, ask it if I'm doing this, do I need this? What and about? So that will be a way of being able to help them. The juicy bit hasn't even came though. This is oh so crazy. So what we could also do with this approach is gear it towards your self assessment quizzes. So these are ways of building your profile. And if we use this AI technology, we could have it determine which bits of information are the most valuable for brands. And I got before I go any further, I got to say nothing is sold. We, you will have full control, full ownership. 
But if this is possible, the AI um, can recommend you answer this question about yourself, this question about yourself. And then that data to specific businesses will be worth enormous amounts because the AI lawyer was able to decide, oh, if we know this about this person, it's so important for this X business. So that is something that is in the future is very interesting to me and a juicy bit that I wanted to share. Yeah, that's definitely cool. And I feel like this goes in into the another question that I had, how you mentioned that, um, you know, answering those questions and having that the AI figure out like what is the most valuable stuff for the brands? Like how would the process be of onboarding the brands and like, I guess the, I guess like walk me through the transaction. Walk me through the transaction. How do the brands get the data? How do how does the user get paid for the data? And then where do you guys you know what do you guys get in the middle of that? Yeah. So throughout the entire um, transaction, I should start with the the trading process. So the revenue seen from it when you as a user go through an ad, for example, you receive a specific piece of content you're compensated for your attention. And that ad revenue is split 50% between you, the user, and 50% between Profila. We like to say that users are our partners and brands are our customers. Now, brands. Brands on the other end, they will have, honestly, a a user face similar to what you would see with uh, Facebook ads. The only difference would be that the personalization and the uniqueness would will, um, will probably be a lot more um fine-tuned fine-grained so from that they would then choose there's a couple different things that the brands could do one would be able to um rent data from anybody that puts a avatar out in the marketplace so as these brands say look through the quote-unquote marketplace they will see a lot of different avatars they know nothing about these avatars they just know that the avatar is say, a expert in hiking, a um, connoisseur of cooking, for example, they mm-hmm. then are able to um, say, hey, if I um, want your data, can I rent it for X amount of days and this, this, and this. So then from that, they can go ahead and do whatever they want. Um, in addition to that, let me, I believe I'm forgetting something, but it's not coming to you. Give me one second. No, you're fine. You're fine. No worries. So, while you're looking that while you're looking that up, I actually have I have another one. When you say when the user interacts with the ad, does that mean that they actually have to purchase, or just by them opening it up, does that count? Yeah, just by scrolling by it, it would count. Oh, oh. it does. Like, how much would that be? Like a fraction of a cent, or like how much? Like yeah, with how that. It wouldn't be too much. With that, it wouldn't be too much. It would be a small amount. Yeah. But there is room to have uh, growing relationships with these brands, right? So say you do click on it, for example. You do purchase the item. It comes to your house. You're super stoked about it. You take that picture. You mint it as an NFT. Then that um, that brand then buys it for you for X amount. So what I'm really getting down to is one person can share their data with 5 million brands, right? If one other person just has one good relationship with one brand, they can potentially make more money just from that one good relationship than that other person with that 5 million. So wow, it's, there's a lot of um, potential. There's a lot of openness. 
and it yeah it really gives you the scope of how how much potential there really is wait so um so wow my my question just okay okay i got it now so if if you're scrolling right say i'm scrolling like a regular app i'm scrolling i'm scrolling i'm scrolling if i click on that ad and i buy it is there would I be getting more because I actually interacted with it? Is there like some kind of like a referral link kind of vibe process where if you actually interact and purchase the advertisement, you maybe get more for that instead of the person that just scrolled by it, or is it equal no matter how we interact with it? It it would certain things would change, I believe. So if you were to um, say get with that company and um, give them insight and give them reviews on how that ad made you feel, for example, that would increase the amount of compensation that you would receive. Um, I, if you buy the product, I don't believe that would increase. Um, it is still being developed, so it may change, but as of right now, that's the way that it, that it is looking, is working. And we are testing this, for example. Um, you asked about the onboarding process. With uh, We are already paired with five different companies that we're using as testing um, testing boards to put this through. And one of the first is Radisson Hotel Group. So with this coming um, Catalyst proposal, we are looking to have a group of testers, which is why we're giving out these NFTs. And um, they'll be able to have early access to our app and go ahead and um, interact with the brands that we partnered with. And then also at the same time, we will be testing with, like I said, Radisson's community that they shoot to. Okay, perfect. Actually, this is a perfect lead up to the, another question that I had because like you're saying, you guys are starting to onboard more projects and you need them for testing. But eventually when you guys launch fully, um, I'm sure that there's some kind of on-ramping and plan for you to, guys to get that mainstream success. So, like, in your opinion, what do you feel like is going to take for you, for Profila to take that next step to get that mainstream success to where now everybody has the app downloaded, everybody has an account, and it becomes just an extension of everybody's, you know, everyday life, whether you're buying something at the grocery store or just surfing the web at home? Like, how, how, how is that next step going to be taken? Yeah, yeah. So what we'll be able to do once we finish with our testing, we have our full product ready to go um, to its most fine degree, we'll go ahead and open it up to the users to then invite brands to become onboarded onto Profila. So in that way, it'll be a circular onboarding process where we partner with brands, brands partner um, onboard their customers, customers then onboard other brands. So that's going to be a way that it grows and grows and grows. And you were asking about what success looks like and what success this isn't something that we're specifically going for, but would look like success in our eyes is you going to your iPhone, going to the settings and just like flipping on and off a certain setting, you flip on and off the profile feature. So you switch it on, your profile is on, you switch it off, it's off. So integrating more finely or more automatically into devices is, um, where I see success as well. So, so is the strategy also, I know that you guys are going more towards um, developing your user base so that you guys can sell to brands. 
But is there any part of the strategy on trying to onboard some of these big companies that already collect data, such as your Walmarts, your Amazons, et cetera, these big, big companies that have their own servers? Like, is there is there any motivation to be like, hey, um, the way that you guys are doing it right now might make you the most money, but the way that we're doing it is the most effective. And, you know, even though it might take a little bit to, you know, every, for everybody to get used to it, but at the end of the day, it, it eventually will be more profitable because it's guaranteed direct targeted ads. Like, is that part of the strategy? It is not as of right now. And the only reason conflict that I see in that would be cutting us out of the equation, essentially. So by letting them offload, like they're, we're saying you could collect your data in this way, they start collecting it in that way, then they have ownership of the data. They would have the, they would offshoot it into their databases. We're trying to make sure that it's all stored decentrally to you if possible, rather than storing it in their databases. So it would lose our ability or lose yeah lose our ability to have the ownership be with the users okay okay i think that, that kind of defeats the purpose I, I, yeah so yeah and it i like i said i can't see the future but as of right now that's what it brings to mind no definitely i got you definitely and also earlier earlier you were saying how um even when you swipe your card your data is being collected like i found that like that was super interesting because I didn't know about it. So like, are there any, like, are there any other types of like suspicious, like data tracking oh, models yeah. worried about? Like, yeah, just try to like really put, put us on game. Like what's the stuff that we're not even thinking about and that they're, yeah. using? this was a huge one for myself personally, just being, uh, being in Southern California, having, um, a lot of the friends and community around here. Uh, one of the ways that data is being collected is by um, border patrol here in the U.S. For example, they would use certain departments like uh, when you're driving on the street, for example, you're driving a car. Normally at certain points, they'll take pictures of the cars that are going by. That data of your driver's license, your VIN number is then stored on their databases. So they, uh, the um, border patrol invested billions of dollars being able to tap into this data and collect this data and then would then use it to raid illegal immigrants now whether or not this is right or wrong we still see it as a breach of privacy so that's one of the things that personally really hit home for me and made me realize the extents of which this is going another example that comes to mind is also in the u.s um, tax um, I forgot which state it was, but one of the um, IRS tax services in one of these states was requiring face scan um, in order to have their uh, their tax payments out to them. And so wow. what they didn't realize is that that data was then being stored and sold. Oh, I, I don't want to miss say anything, but I just know what it was being stored. I'm not sure where it went or if it was being sold. But regardless, it's still it collected either way. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, person's knowledge, because I doubt they tell you, "Hey, by the way, we're saving every single freedom mm-hmm. or fake give us." Yeah, yeah. And I mean, as of right now, you can still go to that agency, send them a letter, send them an email saying, 
hey, I want you to delete my data. But you're driving down the street. You didn't even realize it was happening. Yeah, like you, you can't even tell. There's no exactly. way. Wow, that's, that's crazy. And, and like, I guess, uh, okay, I guess I know some of like, I guess there might be more popular ways of, you know, I don't know if I want to say data theft or I would say data collection. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your opinion on them because, you know, I consider you an expert because, I mean, you've been in the in the industry that's really focused on it. So I want to I want to see what your thoughts on on a couple of these things. OK, so how do you feel about um, all the stuff that's going on with with TikTok and their data collection? And I know that that has been like a super um, like fiery topic where a lot of people are concerned about the amount of data that the TikTok app is actually taking. So I really want to get your opinion on that. It's for one, I haven't, I I did see that and I did specifically want to look into their privacy policy, but I can almost guarantee that within it, it does provide for all of that. So where I see two different things happening for one I want to say that for the brand, they don't even want to store, they don't necessarily want to be open to all these different lawsuits that we see them getting into day to day. They, they're they looking for a solution to the problem just as much as users are, and it's to avoid all of that. Um, the second thing is almost all these companies, whether it be Steam, whether it be Apple, whether it be almost any company, like I said, Walmart, there's so many that you don't even realize the extent to which they're collecting data or to the extent to which they're sharing it with their partner companies. So I'd say, yes, this is crazy. Yes, it sucks. But I'm absolutely guaranteeing that there's others that are doing worse, if not the same, and we just don't realize it. So until we we do something about it, it's just going to continue to happen. So what would you... Okay, because like you said, you just... you. you... You think about these apps that have the privacy policies that nobody checks when you download. How, how, okay, I guess I'll word this a little bit better. Would, prof, would, would Profila be interested in maybe being integrated into cell phone technology in the future? Because if, imagine if a Profila can be, Profila app can be like a standard app on an iPhone or a Samsung or something where... No matter what app you use or what website you go on, it's like you have that already there. Like, what do you think about that? I don't know if that's like maybe. That's exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what we're looking to expand into with um, SDK integration and also web plugins. That's going to be how we're able to get on um, different devices. Um, We're beginning with the web browser and the application on iPhones. But like I said, we do want to be able to have it to where it just um, a piece of equipment comes with Profila and automatically, for example, like um, you're on your iPhone, the app's on your iPhone, you Bluetooth connect with XYZ, that whatever you connect with is automatically going to make sure that it respects your privacy and goes through that Profila. Um, So that, like I said, is a future application. We do want to eventually do that. But as of right now, we're beginning with the, with, the um app and the web plugin and go ahead go ahead um speaking about the web plugin i I was talking to my co-host and unfortunately he wasn't able to be here today but 
he was telling me how you guys do something similar to the Brave browser. And I actually saw it when I was looking through um, the website. Go into, like, you know, what the difference is between you guys and the Brave browser. Because what, what I understand about what they have going on is that everybody that has the Brave browser gets for all of the apps that they see, if I'm, if I'm correct. Um, so, like, how, how do you compare yourselves to them and, like, how do you set yourselves apart? Because if there's already, you know, somebody like something like the Brave browser that already has, I'm sure, hundreds of thousands of users, like how do you how do you make up that ground? Yeah, yeah. Before I answer, I do have to correct myself. We're starting with web pages and the app. We're eventually okay. going to work into SDK and web plugins. But um, yes, so the difference between us and our competitors uh, with Brave as a particular. Um, Brave, for example, they require you to use their Brave browser in order to have that private environment. Now, in addition to requiring you to use that, they also still use the same data collection method. They're still using your cookies. They're still using um, your IP address, all the same methods. It's just a way of incentivizing you to use their, um, their method of privacy. Now, the way that we're different is in both of those. We're not a closed garden approach. So we're not looking to define ourselves just on one browser. We're looking to be integratable into all devices, phone, computer, or fitness, anything to that matter. Right. With the additional difference is the type of data. Like I said, they're using passive data collection, IP address, uh, third-party cookies. We're using active data collection. So instead of stalking you in the way that they do, we're asking you, hey, do you want to answer this question about yourself? Hey, what do you think about this? It's and all voluntary. It's all voluntary and it's also updatable. The real focus or the real appeal, I should say, to brands about active data collection is that when you're at a store, right, you sign up for their thing, you sign up for their gift card, you put, you put in your email, you put in your phone number, you walk away. When have you ever updated your email with that company? When have you ever updated your phone, mail, phone number yeah. with that company? Almost never, right? So they're stuck with this old data point. It's getting tossed around to all their partners and it's almost absolutely useless. And yeah. so by having active re-updating information, we're able to, like I said, provide more insight, provide more, um, more possibility. No, so yeah. that's, yeah, go ahead. I got you. No, that, that makes a lot of sense because you have, um, I guess you have more scalability, have more, mm -hmm. you know, the potential is greater, especially if you're able to get on so many platforms where break browser and that's all that it will ever be. I don't think they're thinking about expanding to anything else, but um, but we're running out. We're almost running out of time. We usually keep the episodes to like around an hour. So I want to get to a couple of questions that like we can do some quick fire rounds before we get out of here because I don't want to. I've by the way, I've loved I've loved the conversation so far. Like I wish we could talk for two or three hours. <laughs> me but, too. Me too. But it can't. It just can't be that long. But maybe we have you on again in the future. But. I've loved the conversation so far. So I actually have a couple questions. Let's do some quick fire rounds. Um, I didn't get to I didn't get to talk about uh, the coin that you guys got. Oh um, yes. So so can you tell me you know a little bit about about the coin and and what what you know what it does and 
and all that. Yeah, so woven into like into everything that we've talked about today is also our token, which is really the backbone for how it works. Um, our token Zeke, we're having our IDO in January where we'll do our public sale. Um, the way that it will integrate with our um, whole solution is in a couple different ways. One is the payment functionality. Like we talked about those microtransactions, we would have fiat as an option through stripe but if you choose to be paid out in zeke it would eliminate a lot of those transaction fees so we would then incentivize that by providing you with instead of that 50 50 split that a 70 30 split in your favor so you would be the 70 um in addition go ahead what are some of the ways like say if i get i choose to get paid out in zeke what are some of the ways that i can use that yeah, that'll be used in a couple different ways. For example, with the, the gamification, the experience, it'll be used as a marker of experience for data management while you create and grow your digital profile. So say for uh, hiking, for example, you're going to go ahead and level up your hiking until you're proficient, and then you can stake your Zeke in that, in that um, category, and it'll be used there in order to move on to the next category. Um, in addition to that example, we, we will also do staking with different partners in the ecosystem in a more, uh, more DeFi sense, but we will also be having a burn aspect to most of these transactions. So within the, um, within these microtransactions, there will also be a certain percent burned to have that circulate. Um, uh, there's a couple of things. Did you have any more questions? There's one yeah, last aspect so I want to touch on. You were, you were talking about how you're able to use it for your profile and kind of like, is that kind of like the way I imagine it is like you use the Z coin to level up your profile. And then by having a higher level profile, you're able to get paid out more because you're more sought after um, opportunity. Is that, is that kind of how it works? Somewhat the only you, exactly right, except for we don't want it to be able to be you can buy a million Zeke and then just level up your profiler. So okay. what we're doing is you level up and that allows you the ability to then stake that Zeke. And another feature of that Zeke is earning an X amount of the revenue that we ourselves earn as a company. So as you hold Zeke, you're also going to be an investor in a um in all intents and purposes and receive a certain percentage of our revenue. Wow. So would that be paid out in Zeke as well? Or could you, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Oh. Um, yes. That, oh, I, I'd have to get back on that one. Okay. No, no worries. No worries. No worries. It may be Fiat. Wow. It may be Zeke. I don't believe it would be Ada. I would have to say that. I got you. No. And I figured if people are staking Zeke, um, they would probably want to, get right because they did true so I guess yeah that, that's true that would make a little bit of sense but since we're ending off here um i want to end it on you adrian i know we talked a lot about profile up but um how about you tell us a little bit about your your role at the company what what do you do what is your like day-to-day -day? and then maybe we can get a couple tips on people that are looking to break into this kind of industry and maybe get a job in web3 that you know, it, it, there's not really a guide out there for you to do this. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are interested that might be listening now that are like, you know, I would love to have an opportunity to work in a, you know, a company that that's like Profila that's, you know, advanced and looking in the forward, you know, forward thinking project. So like, 
you know, let us know a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sorry, what was the first question? I, I... One, no worries, no worries. The first one is, um, like, your role at the company. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so me and myself, I am a community manager here with Profila, so I do a lot of our social media, our um, communication with our community, and then also planning events and organizing so if you ever have any questions, feel free to drop into our Telegram, our um, Discord, ask, ask any questions. We're always in there to talk with everybody. And then also for anyone who's looking to get into the Web3 space, I would definitely recommend, I believe it was CryptoJobs.com, an amazing resource that I had. But honestly, there's so much need within the space. I think a lot of the barrier to entry is really people not thinking that they can provide to the community, I would say take whatever strength that you have and find out how to leverage it for the betterment of the community. I myself, like I said, I come from marketing and that was my way of getting into it. But a lot of people, they love art, they love um, whatever it is. If you're a developer, that's even better. A lot of these resources, there's a lot of job sites. On Cardano in particular, obviously I'm biased. Definitely find if you can uh, be a part of the Cardano community, 100%. Oh, definitely, those are really awesome tips, and um, I've saw, I've seen those websites, the Cardano job websites, and I've always thought that they were like scams and stuff. Like I was like, "There's no way this is a real job." So it's pretty crazy that that's it. That's how you found this job. So now, yeah, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was rather simple. Yeah, it was crazy myself. It was honestly like too good to believe getting into this. So I definitely feel just as uh, just as lucky. Oh yeah, definitely, but. Uh, but thank you so much for coming. We're nearing the end here. We only got a couple minutes left. Thank you so much for coming and stopping by. Um, I've really loved the podcast. I've I've loved learning. Like I said, we could go for multiple hours talking about it. Like just on the concept of like the data data collection and stuff. Like that's just super yeah. thing to me. So like I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I hope that you feel the same. Hundred um, percent. But I'm really I'm really. Uh, happy that we got you on the podcast and we're going to be posting it on the full thing we're going to be posting on youtube and okay. we're going to post it on spotify on apple podcast iHeartRadio, mostly a majority of the streaming services so you're going to be able to share it with everybody that you know uh, you know in your community that didn't get to tune in on the live um broadcast which is super cool because i feel like it gives a lot of people to, you know the chance they'll get this information and Twitter spaces are not really often used as like something to record. It's kind of like, if you're there, you're there. If you're not too bad. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So uh, hopefully most, some of the people that you know that weren't able to check it out in the live broadcast are able to check it out on our YouTube channel. But um, again, thank you so much. Ada PT, I see you're down there. If you want to enter the giveaway before we, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, I'm going to draw the winners of the giveaway at the, after the episode ends. But um, unless you, you have anything else, uh, maybe something, some final words to say to everybody that's listening, Adrian? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for having me on, Anthony. I'm super excited. Uh, if you did miss this, we do have Profila and Player Mint collaborations coming. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you join our discords. We're out here. All right, man. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much for coming again. And uh, I'll see you later. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one.